Hey everybody, this is Katie back with you on Psychic on the Scene with my lovely co-host, Michelle Lyons-Polito. Hi everyone. And my other lovely co-host, Dee Scott. Howdy. And we have one of our closest friends back on our show, Barb Nesnik from Willow Tree Wisdom. You could say hi, Barb. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So um, tonight's topic uh, for our listeners is all about Halloween and actually Samhain and some traditions and things to do for Samhain. So that's why we have Barb here to, to give us the lowdown on what to do, especially for beginners. So Barb, thanks so much again for coming back on our show and sharing your gifts and your talents. But yes, so you. you go ahead, Barb, and, and start to tell our listeners all about Samhain. Let her rip. <laughs> so I have notes. And I'm going to read from my notes and I'll pause and then you guys can ask questions if you want. So, um, you ready? Yep. Halloween is among the oldest traditions. All right. So Halloween is among the oldest traditions in the world as it touches on an essential element of the human condition, the relationship between the living and the dead. Every recorded civilization has created some form of ritual observance focused on what happens to people when they die, where they go, and how the living should best honor those who have passed or respond to the dead who seem unwilling or unable to move on. So I'm going to pause here. Shamanically, we call that kind of work psychopomp. And Katie and Michelle, I know that's kind of your your field of expertise, actually, is communicating with the dead. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, and and um, this is when the veil you know, for, starts for, to thin. So we have more experience around now, yeah, with the, with the very right. thin veil. Yeah, this is, this is one of the tween times. Um, I brought books with me. I know you guys can't see the books, but one of my favorite is Dion Fortune's Book of the Dead. I think I gave that to mm-hmm. you, Katie, at one point. So yes. for people that, like, don't work psychically or shamanically, I love this book because it helps it helps them um, understand what happens after someone leaves, how they can continue to help them from here. Um, it's, it's, it really is my absolute favorite manual for um, how to heal and how to help your loved ones after they go. So that's my first one. So back to the note. <laughs> Countries around the world today celebrate Halloween in one form or another. From Mexico's Day of the Dead to China's tomb sweeping day. The modern day observance of Halloween in countries such as the United States and Canada, where this tradition is most popular, share in this ancient tradition, even though some aspects of the holiday are relatively recent developments and can be traced back to the Celtic festival of Samhain. So, you know, the Druids didn't write things down. And history is always recorded by the victors. So, you know, most of what we know about some ancient history and festivals, it was, was primarily written by Christian monks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Gregory asked, Pope Gregory asked that everything just kind of be baptized and cleaned up a little bit. And, and so they did. So um, Christian groups throughout the years have routinely attempted to, to demonize and denigrate the observance in part by re- 
repeating the erroneous claim that Sam Hain was the Celtic god of the dead and Halloween was his feast. This error comes from the 18th century British engineer Charles Valance, who wrote on the Samhain festival with a poor understanding of the culture and language and has been repeated and it has been repeated uncritically ever since. It was actually the church itself though which preserved the Samhain tr tradition in the west by Christianizing it in the 9th century setting the course for a pagan northern European religious tradition transformation into a worldwide secular holiday, which has become the most popular and commercially lucrative of the year, second only to Christmas. Yes. So Halloween traditions in the West date back thousands of years to the festival of Samhain, pronounced Samhain, Soween, Soween, or Samhain, and it is the Celtic New Year festival. The name means summer's end, and the festival marked the close of the harvest season in the coming winter. The Celts believed that the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead were thinnest at this time, and so the dead could return and walk where they had before. Mm -hmm. Further, those who had died in the past year, and who, for one reason or another, had not yet moved on, would do so at this time and could interact with the living. So... I can um, feel it. I'll tell you, when we hit this time of year and we've had lunch, you know, the three of us before, it's like the witches of Eastwick when we get together. It sure is. Um, <laughs> I always seem to feel it when we shift into mid-September mm -hmm. and then as we hit October, you can definitely feel um, more spirits around unexpectedly, actually. Um, like you're never alone this time of year. No. <laughs> like, I mean, we're never alone anyways, Michelle. Right. But it seems like out of nowhere during this part of the season, um, and I think a lot of people, you know, that listen to us or that follow um, things that are paranormal, I don't think it's in their heads. I, I actually think that uh, the reason we're getting more phone calls this time of year is because they're in experiencing that as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, they're, they're saying, I'm seeing people, I'm waking up in the middle of the night, there's a shadow at the foot of my bed. And right. And I try to reassure it's happening to so many people right now. It's not bad. It's not scary. Just, you know, trust yourself and say a quick prayer if you feel scared, but go with it. Experience right. it. It's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So go ahead, Barb. <laughs> so, you know, Christian history of their people, as well as other Christian scribes denigrating pagan rites, um, but from, from, what, from what we do understand, that the observance includes stocking up supplies for the winter, slaughtering cattle, and disposing of the bones and bone fires, which in time came to be known as bonfires. Ah. There were gatherings of communities for feasting and drinking while this was going on. But there was also the awareness of the thin time of the year and possibility of otherworldly visitors showing up at the party. Mm. Departed loved ones were expected and welcomed. And the practice of setting out favorite foods for the dead may have originated as early as 2,000 years ago. But many other kinds of spirits, some which never had human form, could also appear. Elves, fairies, the wee folk, sprites, and dark energies were just as likely to pay a visit as those one longed to see again one last time. Further, there was a very good chance that the spirit of a person one may have wronged would also make an appearance. In order to deceive the spirits, people darkened their faces with ashes from the bonfires, 
a practice later known as guising, and this developed into wearing masks. A living person would recognize the spirit of a loved one and could then reveal themselves, but otherwise remain safe from the unwanted attention of darker forces. So that's one of my things whenever I say to somebody, so what are your, what are your kids going to be? And they say a princess or a cowboy. And I think, oh, that is so bad because you want them to be like scarier than anything else out there that they might come across. So don't trust your kids. So princesses. So being a sexy nurse isn't probably a good idea. Bloody nurse. I was that not one. for Halloween. Be a sexy nurse on a regular day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's for tonight, and then yeah, tonight I'm a sexy nurse, and then Halloween I'll be yeah. like a gargoyle. Edie's <laughs> being Harry Potter. Is that scary enough? Oh, that's so no. Cute. But he could be like Voldemort. Voldemort. He's got Voldemort's wand, the bone wand. So. All right. So so that's good. <laughs> Carry so, on. All right. So, you know, like, I like ancient history. And some of the stuff that I like, I don't know if other people care about at all. But, you know, so, like, when did Halloween actually start? So the belief is that probably um, the first bonfire was from for Halloween was on the hill of Tlaska in County Meath. Ooh, um, and right. that was where they, they recorded the probably the site of the first bonfire lit on or around October 31st, signaling the beginning of the Samhain festivities. And then it would have been answered by the much more prominent fire um, from the Neolithic site of the Hill of Terra across from it. Mm. Oh, interesting. So this hill is named, and like most people probably haven't ever heard of these, but... The hill is named for the Druidess Slaska, and she was the daughter of the powerful Druid Magruth. Um, so he traveled the world learning his craft. She was raped by the three sons of Simon Magus. Do you know, does anyone know who Simon, Ma Simon Magus is? No. So they believe that Simon Magus, you know, he kind of had a falling out with the principal Christian leaders of the time mm -hmm. and they they think that he was probably the father of modern gnosticism oh so simon magus he's really interesting in history look look up and see what you can find on him so he's um infamous for his confrontation with saint peter um in the book a book of acts so eight nine the book of acts eight verses nine through 24 talks a little bit about um that but mm -hmm. so so Slaska was raped by his three sons and gave birth to triplets Ooh. on the hill that bears her name. Um, and her three sons became very powerful druids. So, you know, which is really interesting because, you know, some of the teachings of these very powerful druids may have come from Christian teachings, like gentled by Christianity. Mm -hmm. You know, originally they got along. They, they, they kind of worked together. So it was only when politics got involved that that? Um, that there was issues. So imagine that um, shocking. <laughs> so the inclusion of a biblical villain in her story obviously places that legend in the Christi Christian era and aligns Slatska with Saint Peter insofar as they shared a common adversary. Okay. So scholars believe that that story, like so many Celtic legends, was Christianized, Christianized after the coming of Saint Patrick. Um, and that, you know, so there, there's also the story at 
Lunasa, that it was Lou's festival to honor his stepmother. Um, and she was also raped by a powerful person and ended up having three sons too. So, you know, you, some of these stories do kind of overlap. They're very old and they come from a time when things weren't really written down. Mm. So blah, 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 blah. I have about three <laughs> pages that I wrote. You don't have to, you don't have to oh, read this no, if you I, don't want. Was there anything so, burning barrels being rolled down hills for Halloween? No, but there was another festival of burning. I remember, I remember in one of my cookbooks, like one of my Celtic cookbooks, yeah, there was a felt. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> but I don't know so much. It's not any. It doesn't mean that it isn't. It's just not in anything that I've ever read about um, Halloween. So there's another festival where they roll wheels of cheese down a hill. So, um, you know, they didn't have television. They didn't have Facebook. It sounds like it was more right. <laughs> so my next throw this page of notes. My next page of notes that I'm not going to really read kind of gives the actual like dates and descriptions of how um, how Samhain morphed into All Souls Day. And I just, I don't feel like reading all that. It's kind of boring. So, you know, Halloween became very Christianized. Um, you know, Christians started All Saints Day kind of and tried to make it more important than All Souls Day, but they really never could. No. So the old ways had not died out and the bonfires were still lighted. Only now, for the most part, they were lit in honor of Christian heroes. And the turning of the seasons was still observed, only now to the glory of Christ. Many of the rituals which accompanied these new incarnations at the festival are unknown, but the 16th century practice of souling had become integral. Hmm. So the poor of the town or city would go about knocking on doors asking for a soul cake in return for prayers. Oh. So I make soul cakes. I leave them on my I leave them on my altar at Halloween. I was thinking I'll put a recipe on my Facebook page if anybody's interested. Oh, I love in that. That's a great making. idea. You can share it on here too, on our Facebook page. Oh, can I? All right. Yeah. So I'll send it to you guys and you can put it wherever you want. That sounds good. Perfect. So this practice is thought to have begun in response to the belief in purgatory, where it was thought that a soul lingered in torment unless elevated by prayer and most often money paid to the church. <laughs> so after the Protestant Reformation, souling continued in Britain. Only now the Protestant young and poor offered to pray for the people of the house and their loved one instead of those in purgatory, while Catholics continued to pray for those in purgatory. So something interesting, um, Guy Fawkes Day. So Guy Fawkes Day had a, had a pretty big impact on Halloween. Um, on November 5th, 1605, a group of dissident Catholics tried to assassinate the Protestant King James I of Britain in an attempt known as the Gunpowder Plot. Mm -hmm. The attempt failed, and one of the group, Guy Fawkes, was caught with the explosives beneath the House of Lords, and although he had co-conspirators, his name attached itself famously to the plot. Guy Fawkes Day was celebrated by the Protestants of Britain as a triumph over popery, and November 5th became an occasion for anti-Catholic sermons and vandalism of Catholic homes and businesses, even though officially the government claimed it was a celebration of province sparing the king. The night before Guy Fawkes Day, bonfires were lit and unpopular figures, often the Pope, were hanged in effigy while people drank, feasted, and lit off fireworks. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Children and the poor would go house to house, often wearing masks, pushing an effigy of Guy Fawkes in a wheelbarrow and begging for money or treats. So um, some of our more modern traditions may have come more from Guy Fawkes Day than actually Halloween itself. Well, sounds like it's the- interesting how it like all assimilates. Morphs. Yeah. Into- yeah. Into, into so the- when the British came to North America, they brought these traditions with them. The Puritans of New England, who refused to observe any holidays which might be associated with pagan beliefs, including Christmas and Easter, kept the observance of Guy Fawkes Day as a reminder of their supposed moral superiority over Catholics. <laughs> so, so Halloween in this in this country grew again more so because of Guy Fawkes and you the know, Puritans. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Guy Fawkes continued to be celebrated. Interesting. You've never heard of the Guy Fawkes of Guy Fawkes? No, I never heard of it. I think that's interesting. Remember, remember the fifth of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. There is no reason oh, I don't remember it. Whether should ever be forgot anyway. Right, it was a rhyme. So, yeah, and if you watch the movie V for Vendetta, that you know that oh, they use the Guy Fawkes mask and yeah. So, the rituals of Samhain arrived in the United States less than a century later with the displacement of the Irish in 1845 through 1849 during the potato famine. The Irish, largely Catholic, continued to observe All Hallows' Eve, All Saints' Day, and All Souls' Day, along with the practice of souling. But these festivals by now were infused with folk traditions such as the jack-o'-lantern. So, they did not have pumpkins in Ireland. They used turnips. Yes. (laughs) So... Pumpkins were so much easier. And now, like, I was in, Hall- in Ireland for Halloween, and they pumpkins were for sale everywhere. So they, they don't use turnips really so much anymore. They use jack-o'-lanterns now. But do you know the story of the jack-o'-lantern, of Stingy Jack? No, I do not. You know, okay. something about so, but, the lantern. I, I can't remember the whole story. Yeah, the jack-o'-lantern is associated with the Irish folktale of Stingy Jack a clever drunk and a con man who fooled the devil into banning him from hell, but because of his sinful life could not enter heaven. After his death, he roamed the world carrying a small lantern made of a turnip with a red hot ember from hell inside to light his way. Hmm. Scholars believe this legend evolved from sightings of will-o'-the-wisp, swamp, and marsh grasses, which glowed in the night. On All Hallows' Eve, the Irish hollowed out turnips and carved them with faces, placing a candle inside so that as they went about souling on the night when the veil between life and death was thinnest, they would be protected from spirits like Stingy Jack. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's cool. I'm carving a turnip this year. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you know what we call turnips, Michelle? And what they're in Ireland, they're like what. They're rutabagas. Like, they aren't our little white and purple oh, so Norwegian they're turnips. They're it's the rutabaga. So, which are, like, yeah, and they're, they're hard to even cut, let alone carve. <laughs> I'll scratch your face in it, and then I'll eat it the next day. <laughs> so, all right. So now the basics of Halloween were now in place with people going from house to house, asking for sweet treats in the form of soul cakes and carrying jack-o'-lanterns. Shortly after their arrival in the United States, the Irish traded the turnip for the pumpkin as their lantern of choice, as it was much easier to carve. Guy Fawkes Day was no longer celebrated in the in the U.S., but aspects of it attached themselves to the Catholic holidays of October, especially 
vandalism, only now it was indiscriminate, anyone's home or business could be vandalized around October 31st. The eggs on the car. Yeah. So, have you ever heard of, of Mrs. Krebs? I have not. Oh, well, Mrs. Krebs is like the founder of the our modern Halloween traditions. So she came from okay. Hiawatha, Kansas. The morning after Halloween in 1912, she grew tired of having her garden and entire town vandalized once a year by marauding children wearing masks. <laughs> and initially, using her own resources, organized a party in 1913 for the young people where she hoped it would tire them out enough that they would have no energy for destruction. Huh. She underestimated their determination, however, and the community was vandalized as usual. Oh, in geez. 1914, she involved the entire town, brought in a band, held a costume contest, put on a parade, and her plan worked. People of all ages enjoyed a festive rather than disruptive Halloween. News of her success traveled outside of Kansas to other towns and cities which adopted the same course and established Halloween parties, which included costume contest parades, music, food, dancing, and sweet treats, accompanied by frightening decorations of ghosts and goblins. I love it. So Mrs. Krebs is called the mother of modern Halloween. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Krebs. I yeah. know, that's pretty cool. And then, of course, the going door-to-door, though, that... that uh, they never got rid of that, but it didn't include so much violence and vandalism. I don't know if we're going to so, go And why they ask if you want to trick or treat? Yes. Give us food so we don't vandalize your house. <laughs> well, you remember in our neighborhood, the people that didn't give out candy, what happened to them? Their houses were egged, toilet papered, and the shaving cream was put on their cars. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the Barb did it. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. Barb. No, I didn't. I would never wreck anybody else's property, but, um, but you know, you should give kids candy on Halloween. Oh, absolutely. So. Now, this, to this day, the smell of Barbasol shaving cream brings me right back to Halloween. Halloween. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then for a while, they wouldn't sell it to kids. Kids couldn't buy eggs or yes. Barbasol shaving cream yes. on Halloween. And that so, was during the 80s. I totally remember that. Oh and we'd God. be trying to, like, sneak it. Somebody <laughs> would store it up during, like, the late summer. <laughs> the refrigerator filled with egg cartons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. Oh, gosh. So for neo-pagans, for neo-pagans and Wiccans and Druids and in the modern day, um, the holiday continues to be observed as closely as possible as it can be to the ancient past. Mm. So um, the central theme of Samhain is transformation. Um, the year turned from the light days to the dark. The dead crossed over into the land of the living or moved onto the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, people dress up. Um, but transformation is the central theme to the modern pagan um, observance of Halloween. Now, Barb, what do you do? Yeah. Do you have any, do you do any observances at your house? Um, so I have five kids, Michelle. Yes. So, um, you know, what I did for a lot of years, well, 
when we first moved to the farm, I always did a big like Halloween celebration. We'd have ritual. I'd have people call the quarters, like the kids would call the quarters. Um, and that was usually not on Halloween because Halloween with five kids is for trick-or-treating. So it was probably the Saturday before. Um, and then, you know, of course, when I, when I moved out there and we had all these like rural people that thought I was insane. One year we had a fire and you had to, you know, you had to like, you could, you had to call out the name of the dead and drink a shot of whiskey. Or if you didn't drink, you could throw the whiskey onto the fire. So my brother-in-law, who is big as a mountain and one of Terry's cousins, so they're just great, big, quiet guys. Um, Danny said, I want some of that whiskey. And I said, well, you can't have the whiskey unless you participate in the ritual. He said, but I don't want to participate in the ritual. I just want to drink the whiskey. So I said like, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but we, I don't know, we kind of, we kind of got away, away from that. And then we started doing the pumpkin party, but on Halloween night, no matter what time we were out trick or treating to, I, you know, cause I always set a, a dumb supper, a table for all my dead ones, all my loved ones who have passed away. And then, then it was like, I would add schoolmates and neighbors and, you know, and I would have a, I used to have a shot of whiskey for everyone that died. Well, at the age I am now, I would be like floored for days if I tried to do that. So, but I do, I have probably 200 names that starting at midnight, like I set, I set the table. I have people's pictures and news clippings and um, I light candles and I actually like put their, their favorite foods and things. And so I'm probably up till two or three o'clock in the morning. That's really um, amazing. Barb. I love that, Barb. That's a nice way too to remember your loved ones and to, you know, not only just bring them in, but to kind of celebrate them too. Give them the time. And that even comes like, like from the Egyptian book of the dead, you know, so your heart is weighed against a feather by Matt. And then you're asked some questions and, you know, one of the questions is, have you made a difference in the life of anyone living or is there anyone living that still remembers you? So, you know, for me, it's so important to call out those names because I believe that I can still help my loved ones from here, you know, by doing that. So, and you know what, it's a really great movie to watch. Um, and I'm so glad Emma likes it. It's Coco. Have you guys seen Coco? The Disney no, movie? No, I have not. Oh, and I, I know that it. it has to do with that, the Day of the Dead. Yeah, oh. it's, in the, it's the importance of, of honoring your ancestors. So I would recommend that movie to everybody. Okay. Oh, I love it. Okay. It. Thank you. So um, how are we doing time-wise? We're doing good. We're, we got time. Did you want to do a meditation? Well, um... And do whatever you want. It's your show. I do have a question for for everyone. Um, <clears throat> has anyone had any particular amazing experience with spirit on Halloween or around Halloween uh. that you can think of? Well, yeah, because I'm sitting there with all my dead ones, but, and so yeah. lots you, of things happen. Signs and signals, or perhaps you see them. And, yeah, yeah. I always dream more vividly, but I know that I, 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 I've told the story before the three of us, you guys don't even remember this. The three of us got together and it was 2015 and it was like a week before Halloween. I remember. And we had one of our lunches at Barb's and I um, let you guys know that I was starting the process of going through my separation and my divorce. Mm -hmm. And Barb said, let's do the tarot. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, that's and when the whole card thing started with us. And we did um, the three decks, and then Barb, you had us throw them on the floor mm. and then pull the cards. And um, that experience, and that was, like I said, just before um, Samhain, mm. um, really was very, very valid, super valid cards that I pulled and what my destiny at a scary time was going to be. It was rock solid. Things I couldn't even understand it was rock solid. Such a magic. So I, that was a while ago. That was a minute ago. I remember that. Then we started doing when well, we started to read cards every time we got together because it was yes. so cool. And Barb always has all different decks of cards. Right, the cloud ones. Remember those cloud? Ones? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> well, I had a little bit of a junkie, but um, <laughs> you're a junkie, a card junkie. It's okay. It's okay you, to collect. You know, they're they're always there and. And they always want to give you messages. You guys know that. But there's just, you know, there's certain times of the year, I believe, where like the average person has an easier time hearing or getting through or seeing. And, and even I do. This time. So, um, yeah. I did a party Friday night and it was like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> it was just like the spirits were just standing in line. And it, it, it was crazy because I had two spirits that kind of, and budged the line and were standing in the front and they were standing outside the gates of Our Lady of Angels Cemetery. And I finally just went to the crowd, you know, I said to them, who has two grandparents buried uh, Our Lady of Angels next to Colony Saturday? And the one I do, I'm like, well, you're next because they, they cut to the front of the line. It's just so vivid this time of year, the readings. I agree with that too. Unexpectedly, it. sometimes very vivid. It's, yeah. It's never, every reading is different. You never know what to expect, which is kind of, you know, that's the fun. That's the adventure of it. But this time of year, it's always ironically, the other time that this happens where there seems to be so much opening or so much clarity and crazy dreams is Christmas. Yeah. It does the same exact thing where the dead, your family are, start to line up. And they want to celebrate. Yeah. They want to be with us. We miss them more during those time periods. <laughs> You know, that is a tween time. It's like, you know, right yes. at the solstice. And Christmas is a ghost story. Mm. Yes, you know, that's right. Um, so even you think about like the birth of Christ and it was, you know, a, a spirit visited on Mary and angels talking to people. And, you know, so there's a lot of that. That was a tween time. The average shepherd out in the field was seeing things that they normally didn't see. There was this star, you know, that was a was a sign or a symbol so um you know i i always just look at right. christmas as a ghost story yeah another magic time yep well barb what would you like to do next do you want to do the, the well you know i have some symbols that are that are kind of fun and then okay great it's all good whatever you want barb you do it <laughs> All right, so symbols of Halloween, like the apple. Mm -hmm. So do you guys know where Avalon was? Michelle, do you know where Avalon was? Yes, yeah, so uh, uh, the, the Glastonbury is now the tour is where they yeah, the Glastonbury tour, yeah, also known as the Isle of Apples, the Isle of the Dead. Um, and in mythology, for the most part, that's where the entrance to the underworld is found. And it's ruled by Morgan, Queen of the Dead, or the Morgan. And we're, we'll... We might get on to talk about the Morgan at length. So there's many games played at Samhain. Um, 
which grew out of the belief in the apple as a sacred and magical fruit. The apple is a symbol of life and immortality. In Celtic tradition, apples were buried at Samhain as food for those souls who are waiting to be reborn. Mm. And the apple cut crosswise reveals the five-pointed star or pinnacle at its core, which is a symbol of the goddess. So the pumpkin, that's a result of marketing. We kind of <laughs> discussed that. It's easier to carve than a turnip. Um, the cauldron, so the cauldron or holy grail is closely associated with Samhain. So it's the, it's, it's the West. Um, it's feminine and it's the cosmic container for all life and death of transformation and rebirth. So I always have my cauldron, you know, on my, my Halloween altar. So the besom broom, you know, that a besom broom is not really made for physical sweeping. It's, it's more for energy sweeping. Um, you know, and of course that's what the witches rode. So it sweeps away the last of the autumn leaves, but is used ritually to sweep out the old, to clean, to clear away old energy, creating space for the new. Traditionally, besoms are made from birch twigs, and the birch is associated with purification and renewal. So, you know, you can make a birch broom at this time of year. That's a fun little, I just collected all my birch twigs, um, and I'll make a little um, birch besom. I have broom corn, so I'll you know, I'll use the broom corn too, but it's a, it's a nice time of year to do that. It's a nice time of year to go get a new broom, preferably like an Amish made broom or not something made on a machine and consecrate your broom. I always buy a new broom at Halloween. So for real sweeping, not just a besom. Um, acorns. So the acorn is the seed of the great oak representing wisdom, longevity, rebirth, um, promise of strength to come. An acorn in your pocket is an amulet of good fortune to come. So, you know, go for a walk in these beautiful fall woods and um, pick up some acorns. Actually, all nuts from our indigenous trees, walnuts, hazelnuts, hickory nuts are um, pure potential and carry the attributes of our mother tree. So, and I'm going on a trek tomorrow into some unknown woods to find a native species of hickory that we almost lost, mm. that an arborist buried, and then, then he had a, an emergency in his family. So I've got to go crawl around in these woods tomorrow and try to find his sacred trees to replant. <laughs> Only so, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so our collar is black for death. Orange for vitality, purple for wisdom, insight, and inspiration. And, you know, all those things are things to keep in mind um, when you're setting up your, your altar or your, your table for Halloween. Um, black candles honor the passage to the Summerland and the ancestors. And then, of course, you want photographs if you can get them. Okay. <clears throat> so... Now, your, your altars in your uh, living room correct by the window that faces out towards the the main road is that where you do your altar um no no and actually so i have a whole room set up in my basement so you know that way yeah so i have a whole room set up my basement and then i've got you know we julie and i just started a a year-long um study group for a, probably a coven that we're going to start just because we'd like to see people get good information. Mm-hmm. So I have a permanent altar 
in the shop and then I have uh, little portable tables that I can set up in the different directions. So, but you know, like you altars can and should be everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so like right. little, little altars everywhere, you know, there, I have I altars have everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I have little feng shui ones here and there. I've got my stone ones. I've got my ancestor ones. And I don't know. If I feel unsettled, I seem to nest out an altar, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know, Um, know, that was the Native American thing. I don't remember if it was Chief Joseph or Chief Seattle. But I I read it in one of the books, and they said they didn't understand why white men waited till Sunday to worship because for Native Americans, every act that they did was, was to honor the great spirit. So, um, and that's how ancient people lived. Right. So, um, so in my mind, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Katie. I, I came across, um, I had never, I, you know, today was going through some of the information reading. I had never heard of uh, Samhain, like monsters, and there's specific um, mm-hmm. creatures or mon- monsters um, that I guess you can call more readily during that time or that are associated with that. Um, and I may, if I butcher these names, I apologize. Um, but the first one that I came across was a shapeshifter. I believe it's pronounced a puka. Yeah, um, the puka. And that was a um, one that came and it sounded like it kind of like would wreak havoc if you called it. It was kind of maybe fairy-like. Hmm. So, so that's, the, they're all part of the unsealy court. And you, I have this, I have this uh, Celtic deck. I can't think of the author right off, but it's got, you know, so the, and it's primarily a fairy deck because most, most of these creatures are considered, you know, to be part of the realm of fairy. But so the winter court, you just don't, you don't want to work with any of them. They don't work well with others. (laughs) So like the Kaliich and the the Unsealy Court and the Fuka and the, um, the boogeyman and these, you don't, they don't work well with others. Don't journey to them. Don't do meditations to them. Don't try to make friends with them. They, they are, they're not to be trusted. So when you say don't, well, the Puka they kind of said was like a a demon. Oh, I'm sorry. The most of the, most of the members in the in the winter court or the unsealy court are are here to challenge us okay. or or more you know what i mean so they're just you know you can don't don't work with them they don't work well with others don't 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 work with them. You know, it's a big deal when Barb says don't do something. She, she, I know. <laughs> she never says don't like <laughs> for anything. She never says no. Like she always goes everything in moderation. Right, right. Um, the mm-hmm. next one that they talked, they spoke of was Lady Gwyn and her, her black pig. Mm-hmm. And she was a um, headless woman um, mm-hmm. dressed in white. And she was basically like looking for souls or chasing people. 
Chasing wanderers is what it said. So this is why you don't want to go out dressed up like a princess or a sexy nurse <laughs> or a cowboy because not everything it's, you know, so on, on, on all souls day, that's the same or all saints day. Um, that's the saints, but on all souls day, it's anything, you know, right. so Halloween, anything is free to roam. Anything. Goes and so it, if you're if you're gonna be out and about, you know, I always look that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the no. of the shadow of death, I wasn't unafraid because I was the meanest sob in the valley. That's how you want to be, you know. That's what you want to be. <laughs> you want to you want to be badder or meaner or you know carry your turnip lantern so that if you come across any of these beings, they think you're already bad and they leave you alone. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another one, I, I'm not, I'm gonna probably not pronounce this right, but Barb, you probably know this one. I think it was a slug. S-L-U-A-G-H, slug. No, I'm not familiar with that, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, Katie. So Thankfully, it's a, I don't. It said, or fairy host, and then it says it, again, just like what you were talking about, it said it hunted and kidnap people and souls. It was looking to take people's souls. Yeah, so that's what I call unsealy. It's part of the unsealy court. Yep. Court, okay. And then the last one that I had was, um, I, you might have also said this, is called the Dullane. Dullane? No. Dullane? No, I don't know it, but, you know, it's, it's, it's some kind of an Irish. It was, it sounds very much like, um, the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow. It is a headless man, um, and he's an omen of death. He rides a horse with flaming eyes. Wait, yeah. head. Oh, is he carrying his head? No, he didn't. It didn't say carrying his head. He said it's headless, hmm. but the the horse had flaming eyes. Well, the horse had flaming eyes. I'm like, how do you have flaming horse eyes? Had you have a head. <laughs> no. He, he rode a horse and he had flaming eyes, but he was a he was an omen of death. Oh boy! So I have something in I'm my notes about the banshee, but I can't find it. Mean. I'm gonna just be something badass this year. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a princess unless you're a dead bloody princess. I'll be in. Oh, unless you. I always liked those too. So that's what Sarah used to dress up as. Is like bloody princess. Like, like a bloody princess, like a like a monster princess. <laughs> I'm so we'd go have a beautiful we'd have a beautiful gown, and then her face would be green with scars and stuff oh. on it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll be Anne Boleyn this year. How's that? Ooh, Ooh that's a that good would be one. a fun. That would be a fun one. I'm gonna try that. Let's see how it goes. That would be fun. Yeah. I've got to get Lori. You know Lori Barb. Um, yeah. She grew up in our neighborhood. We for a while we we're going out every Halloween dressing up, and she's got some. Those are my single days. Some really crazy pictures. <laughs> I could ask her uh -huh. to share those. Um, oh, that's funny. Now it's you know kid stuff. Kid stuff. Well, see, I care about the origin of the banshee, but I can't. You know that's another one. You you know there's the a banshee. saying banshee. that if you hear or see the banshee, that death is near. Um, so, 
you know, you talked about All Souls Day and All Saints Day being connection. I have also found that people are waiting for this big, you know, um, almost exorcist moment on Halloween. And it never seems to be that it's Halloween. But I will say that um, All Souls Day, I always have high energy mm. spirits come through. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point of almost like it being a little exhausting. I'm, I'm definitely hungover by yes. the beginning of November, you know, by like November 5th, 6th. I'm like, oh my gosh. I yeah. find that on All, All Souls Day, I'll be like driving and I will see in other cars people who yes. aren't here anymore. Yes. You know, isn't that the wildest yeah. thing? And you, you yes. know, and then you get a chill and you know that they're yep. connecting. So I love that. That's a day I'll me drive. Too. Me too. <laughs> so, and that, that's when I oh, hunker I, down and take more baths I, year. <laughs> I sometimes don't know the difference. Oh, I know. Yeah, um, me too, you, I don't know if you guys were at the, there was a, we did a drum circle at D's one time. And so I was leading the drum circle. I was drumming, and I and I, but there was these kids, and they were running around, and they were like, it was like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with the parent of these kids that they're letting them run around over here at Jeanette's, and um, you know, like why aren't they calling them in? It's eleven o'clock at night. So afterwards, I was like, what was up with those kids? And he said, but they've been dead a hundred years. <laughs> Wait, I was there. Yeah. I was with you. They don't have the. That was. I, I think you, I was there with you. That was. It was the, at Jeanette's. Yeah. We were. We were all there. We had that big. Yes. In the, in the festival. Yeah. Yeah. We had a huge and bonfire. I just thought, you know, because I was drumming, so I wasn't because of the flooding. Yes, that's right. It yeah, was it was after the flooding. flooding. I remember, yeah. and she had the barn. We were all in the barn, and the energy in the barn was crazy. But one of the things that happened was just like Barb said, it looked like there was extra people standing around the fire. Taking yeah. Standing like in the next row behind, and it looked yeah. like real physical people and the thing that Jeanette had said um was because of the flooding um from Hurricane Irene and Lee Mm -hmm. um that they had things on all of that property in Rotterdam Junction show up on her land and it was pictures and um items from other homes and just you know personal things and she said that the you know before asking us to do the drumming circle um she said that they were having all kinds of like new activity on their mm-hmm. property, which we had heard of in other locations, but That's you're right, Barb, when we did that particular drum circle, that the energy was insane. And then all of a sudden it was just quiet. And you're like, you wondered why you finished. Yeah. It's like, what did everyone it was just <laughs> back to normal? Yes. <clears throat> okay, that, that was crazy. That was the first realization of that I really had changed my career, by the way. I was drumming and having a blast, and Diane was throwing colors onto the fire. So yeah. big, like green and blue flames are shooting yeah. up. And I, I all of a sudden I look up and I go, This is my life. This is what I do now. <laughs> I go to drum circles and talk to the judge. This is wonderful. I like this life. I like this life better than my old life. I like this life better than wearing suits yes. and talking to it's me well. talking to people that are alive and more dead than alive. You know what I mean? So I think 
Right. I know what you mean. Well, Katie, right remember you and I were driving that one time? You were driving, and uh, and I saw this lady, and I said, we were in Schenectady. I forgot where we were going. And I said, do you see that person? And you're like, yeah, I see her. And we looked, and we looked away for a second and looked back, and she was gone. Oh, yeah. And we both saw her. Because normally I have people in the car with me who can't see. So I can say, do you see that person? But we both saw the ghost. And then she disappeared yep. for both of us. And you pulled over. Where were we when that happened? We were down in Schenectady somewhere, I thought. I don't know. You would pick me up. We were going somewhere. We were. Oh, well, obviously, you were going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, like I think we had to go to a haunting. And oh, um, it wasn't that so crazy. We were going to some, it might have been, but we were going through and we both saw the woman. And then yeah. she, just like um, she said, Barb, the woman just literally disappeared. But I think we both at first thought it was a real woman and it right. just seemed odd. She and was dressed see. odd. Because she, I think it was a windy day and her hair wasn't blowing or something. She looked photoshopped. Something wasn't quite right. And then she. Yeah, that's right. It was in Schenectady. Um, Barb, what other practices or things should we be doing this time of year? So, you know, that's my thing. And I, you know, I have this. What What if I. Can you said there's a place for links? I could record this meditation and send it to you guys. Maybe oh, and you. Oh, I'd love that. That might be. Yes. That would be wonderful. You know, that might be a, a thing for people to do on Halloween night. So, you know, the Morgan, the very first goddess that I ever worked up that worked out worked with that ever showed up for me, and she, she, picked me, I guess, you know, because I was just always uh, aware of her, and that was the Morgan or the Matcha or you know Bab. She's got you know, different names. She's a triple goddess. And then when I actually found people that would teach me, they were like, no, she's dark. You know, like she's not a beginner's goddess. And it was like, well, it's too late for that. So I think that, you know, to me, she is the goddess of Halloween, either the Morrigan or um, Hecate. But I, I really love to work with the Morrigan. She's the crow goddess. And, um, you know, I always leave offerings, usually at a crossroads, for one of the two of them this time of year, maybe sometimes both, but not in the same night. So, you know, they're just that dark primal female nature and it's good to honor them. We're not going to have time to do this meditation, but I could record it and send it to you guys and you could put it wherever you wanted and I'll do the soul cake recipe. Cause you know, if you try to prepare this stuff the morning of Halloween, mm -hmm. like I'm, I, I've already started like getting stuff ready, thinking about what's going to be on my table, thinking about like wow. what I'm going to make for the dead, you know? So to me, it's, this is, this is my, like my most important holiday. I'm going to so, crack open um, a box of Antamins for my dead. <laughs> <laughs> they know I don't cook. Oh my God. I've been uh, Yeah, but that's okay. Have some good chocolate. Get like, I never buy cheap whiskey. I never buy cheap whiskey for Halloween. I always get, something good um mm -hmm. i always get really good chocolate like lovey you know that lovey wants that good chocolate and that good whiskey i know whiskey. i always lovey think you're lovey yes. oh i visited your Michelle. yes so do you know the big big trees at aunt bonnie's yes i do they both blew down with this last storm because like michael called there. to tell me and i said they were sad bonnie and happer are gone so the trees 
because the one was that big, beautiful bath. That was such an amazing tree. Oh my gosh. I visited Bonnie uh, yesterday, actually, because I was at the Albany Rural, you know, my home away from home. <laughs> yeah. So, and all was well. The trees were down all over the place in there as well, but I stopped in and said, hey. So, yeah, the trees didn't want, uh, the trees wanted to go with her. That's what I told Michael. I said, Michael, I felt that like right after she died, that those trees that they were always sentinels on that farm. Mm -hmm. And I said, they just, they were, they went with Bonnie and Hap. Yeah, that was that, it. And because they can be there with them eternally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They want it out. So. It's a beautiful thing. Barb, I would really appreciate that if you did that for our listeners, they can load those up, the recipe, as well as the that would be wonderful. Yeah, um, and that way, you know, the people that are interested. Oh, well, that, I'll do this. To, I'll do it to drums. I'll get somebody that knows what they're doing, kind of help me <laughs> with the okay. recording part, and Perfect. um, and we'll and we'll yes. upload that because it's long for like people that aren't interested, but for people that are interested, it would be a it's a good safe one. So yeah. it's a good safe way to work with a dark goddess. <laughs> Perfect. I'll do it on Halloween morning. Now, um, hey, Barb, I love it. can you put up, um, if you have anything, a little how-to about making the broom as well? Is that on your website? Right. Um, no. Like, Jenna does a class on Bessums, and I I make them with things in my yard, Michelle. Okay. So, you know, like, Zachy will cut me a curly willow twig, and I take some birch sticks, some broom corn, some cedar, you know, from the trees and just tie them on so they look pleasant and then wrap them in a ribbon so you can't see where they were tied. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. Let me, I could look and see if there's instructions on making them, but for me, they're not hard to make. Okay. I know some people say that they're just not creative, but I think that they're easy enough to make. Well, it's, is it we have an extra boost this year. I'm sorry, Michelle. We have an extra boost this year too because on Halloween, we have a full moon. Yes, we do. So it's going to be probably electrified. There's the, the psychic energy and um, all of that. So um, that's why I'm having a party. That listens to us and follows us. I know, that, I know. Because so that'll keep, you don't want that. Now, that'll keep all my people safe and. The, it'll keep them safe and they'll mm -hmm. have appropriate activities. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, I would really, I tell people all the time, again, it's that cleaning out, being specific about your energy, you know, make a fire safe bonfire outside, burn the things that you no longer need or that, you know, you're trying to release, even if you have the list of things, um, just like you would for the normal full moon and new moon, salt your property, um, you know, use black salt um, around your property. Um, if you prefer, you can even do a little holy water. Some people do that as well as the smudging. Any specific smudge for this time of year, Barb? I make teas and smudges for this time of year. I mean, you can always use the standard safe things, but um, what I like, what I like this time of year, I guess more for divination, like to enhance your psychic powers. I burn a lot of mugwort this time of year. Me too. So, um, and somebody told me if you smoke it, it's a little hallucinogenic. <laughs> but I haven't, oh. I haven't tried that yet, but I was thinking about it. Well, how about when we, when we come out, 
We'll try the mugwort. <laughs> I'm just well, okay. All right. yes, let's, <laughs> then we'll, let's have lunch and smoke hallucinogenics. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Well, perfect. now I'm in. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Yay, Dennis. That's perfect, Dennis. I love it. Stranger things have happened at our lunches, so. <laughs> I know. that That is true. Very, very true. Um, well, Barb, thank you again so much for joining us again on here and giving us all kinds of great information for Halloween. Thank you, Barb. Dowen, thank you. And thanks for being just amazing. For any of our listeners that want to know or contact Barb, um, you can go to Willow Tree Wisdom go to her website um, and she has classes um, and different things that she offers as well as things that she makes. And she's got the shop too. Yeah, she's got the We're shop doing there. a birthday party. We're doing a birthday oh. party in the shop this week. We had a woman call. She said, I'm going to be 60. She said, I'm very Christian and I just wanted to try something different. Ooh. So she said, can you have like a party? So we're doing a um, I'm going to do like a mini class on power animal retrieval. So they all get a power animal. And then um, Julie's doing a mini card reading. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That's and it wasn't even my idea. It was like a Christian woman's idea. <laughs> That's lovely. That's a great idea and a great use of that space, Barb. Yeah. So I'm excited. We'll make tea and maybe pumpkin bread or something. I don't know. So Love it. Smoke hallucinogenics. Little yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday! Now you're gonna have a trip. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> um, again, to our listeners, thank you all so much for uh, listening to us, sharing us, liking us, and sending us your requests um, for upcoming shows. We love it. And love how you guys get so excited and you're so enthusiastic for whatever our next topic is. So thank you. We appreciate you very, very much. Um, as always, thank you, Michelle Lyons Polito. Love you. And love you too, D. Scott. You're the best. Thanks for being oh, our producer. Yay. All right, everybody. Good night and stay safe and stay blessed. Boys and girls of every age, would you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween. Everybody make a scene. Trick or treat. Tell the neighbors gonna die of fright. It's our town. Everybody scream. It's town of Halloween. I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. Like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween. This is.